0: season on the entire roster? Well, no, not quite. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out as well. Kyle Dubas met with the media first time in a couple months. This was up in Cranberry. It lasted 27 minutes, and it was... More revealing than what you'll get from most general manager sessions. But then that's also the nature of the circumstances more than it is Dubas having some great big moment of candor. This is a heck of a time for this franchise. And it's going to involve a heck of an adjustment to move from this phase to the next one, regardless of when that is. And I very much got the impression Yesterday that Dubis was just as interested in bracing everyone for what's to come, regardless of when it comes, as he was in, you know, just letting everybody know what's up. This was way, 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 way more about the former than the latter. And if you want to talk about candor, this is the way he addressed what's really the elephant in the room,
1: and that being Jake Gensel's situation. It's obviously one that, that's a it's at the forefront. He's injured now, um, obviously on injured reserve, and and um, is eligible to come back on March tenth. I think the the way that our whole strategy plays out in the next two and a half weeks, how our team continues to play, will will dictate uh, the short term answer to, at the trade deadline, and then um, we'll continue to have those discussions leading up to that, and then and then afterwards with where it's at. But I would say it's um, you know I understand how valuable he's been as a teammate, person, the community contributor. To to helping the team win, um, Stanley Cup and and so on and so forth. So it's it's important. But at the at the same time, you know we have to take stock of where we're at and and um, you know be realistic about the fact that you know one of the issues we have is we need to get uh, we need to get younger and um, you know you know we have a lot of guys in their, in their 30s signs some of them are some of the best players in the history of the franchise and it's tough with Jake as I've said to him because he's um, he's an excellent player and playing at an elite level but um, you know we have to find a way to continue to have those solid veteran guys but also continue to get younger at the same time
0: I mean that's borderline Jim Rutherford-esque In terms of just being right out there with what it is that he hopes to do, why, and even when. But here's the thing. Nothing in that session ever amounted to anything definitive. And there's a reason for that. And Dubas also acknowledged this. Normal circumstance, you just go ahead and do what you want. Not only is he the GM, but he's also the team president. I'm sure he's got some other titles he was able to work into the equation. And he wouldn't need to, and arguably shouldn't need to, go and talk to Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang the way he did. And as he'd acknowledged further, he told them how it's going to be. That if they don't win, and they don't win significantly, very, very, very soon, It's not just going to be about pulling the plug on this season, but it might be pulling the plug on, you know, the season after that or the season even beyond that. He actually talked about the three of them being mentors toward a group of young players. I know, right? Here's what I've got before any of this gets carried away too far. If, and this is a big if, this team, the one we're still watching, does happen to go on some sort of tear. Maybe this motivates them. Maybe they just magically overcome all of their shooting percentage woes and power play percentage woes and score a ton of goals beginning tonight against the Canadiens at PPG Paints Arena. That puts Dubas in a tough spot because you don't, like to be that guy who when your team does what it is that you sought from it all along and then say "Eh, just kidding too late there are still 29 games left in this regular season the only deadline artificial or otherwise is the one involving trades my feeling is that if you were to see something like that, and it's asking a lot, not just because this group's been so inconsistent, but because it's not the easiest slate. Now, after Montreal, you've got Philadelphia on Sunday, and I think we've all pretty much stopped laughing at the Flyers at this point, right? And then they go out west to face the three Western Canadian teams in addition to Seattle, Vancouver, and Edmonton, are two of the top teams in the conference. Seattle's been a hit early in its existence, and the Flames are physical enough just to annoy you or wear you down a little bit. It's a challenge. It's a real challenge. But I think that's also why it's still being left in the mix, because if the Penguins were to rise to that challenge the way we've seen them do over the past couple of years on other longer road trips, they'd be sending... A pretty significant message back to the general manager. If they do proceed to sell, if you do see Dubas aggressively moving pieces, guys who are 30 or older, guys like, let's say, you know, a Ricard Raquel, uh, Brian Rust has a, you know, no movement clause, but anybody can be talked to. We've seen no-movement clauses get waived by the players. He could move Orion Graves. He could move Alex Nadalkovich, He could move... Eh, you get the idea. There's a lot of different guys. Dubas made very clear it's not going to be any of the three core guys. He also parenthetically threw Eric Carlson into that, maybe because Carlson also has such a clause. But the big variable, again, is Jake. I've been reporting to you for quite some time That I've been told for quite some time, the intent has always been, and remains, the signing of Jake to an extension. Given who it was that told me that, I'm going to stick with it until it's not the case. And I'll also reiterate that I hope it's not the case. Because then what you're doing is you're taking your still main asset, your number one guy, of course Sid, and saying... You know what's it? We don't, we don't really prioritize right now that you're able to continue to perform at the crazy pace that you are, not just for a 36 year old, but just for a hockey player. And we're instead just going to put, you know, more lines into the pond and hope to get a few more young fish. I'd rather not see that, but I'd understand it if the return were something. Along the lines of what we've seen over the years happen with situations like, well, I'm almost always citing Boston. I just love the way the Bruins have done it. I know they didn't win another Stanley Cup with their own core, but man, were they competitive. And man, did they give themselves chances to do that because they found a way to either move or hang on to enough assets to keep adding young blood to the roster. There was a constant infusion. That's not what happened, obviously, with the Penguins this season. In the meantime, hey, crazy thought here. But since the GM brought it up himself and saying we need to get younger, and that's a direct quote, how about sitting Jeff Carter? How about not having Carter log more shifts than either Drew O'Connor or Valtteri Pustinen? or anybody else really for that matter if you're going to be honest and if you're going to be fair with the leadership of this team and you're going to tell them hey I'm you know giving you a chance here go win these games how about giving them an honest chance and go tell your head coach who way too stubborn to change his mind on this on his own that if our priority is to get younger legs for the future why shouldn't that be the same priority right sleeping now We come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Keith, who asks, DK, when Mike Sullivan first came to Pittsburgh, he played a lot of young players, like Brian Rust comes to mind, and the team grew around that. Why is he so resistant? to giving Sam Poulin, Valtteri Pustinan, and others more than a token chance. Keith, uh, I'm going to first throw into this that Poulin's been hurt since the start of February, so he hasn't been an option for the Penguins. I've thought about him too, especially since just before he got hurt, he was scoring a bunch of goals and looked like he might have been finally forcing his way into the NHL, but unfortunately, no, he's still not available. Sullivan was hired as the Wilkes-Barre Scranton coach by Jim Rutherford back in 2016. Now, it looked to everyone at the time as if Rutherford was not so subtly hiring Mike Johnston's potential replacement, because Johnston already had looked like he had no idea what he was doing. Season starts, a month goes by, it's pretty clear that Johnston, in fact, does not know what he's doing, and the call goes from Rutherford to Sullivan, and what do you know, by season's end, they're all raising the Stanley Cup. And yes, some of those players who were raising the Cup did start that season with Sullivan in the AHL. I feel as if this storyline gets badly overblown and way too often repeated, though. Sullivan wasn't down there that long. Sullivan didn't have that much more time with those players than he had with any other. Now, is it possible that while he was down there, you know, he developed something of a trust for Rust and Matt Murray and Scott Wilson and Tom Kuhn Hackle? Connor Sherry, those were the ones who came up. Those were the ones who made a difference. Those were the ones who jolted the rest of the room. I remember Chris Kunitz telling me in the starkest of terms, these guys are here to take our jobs. We're aware of that. We need to step it up. And a lot of them, Kunitz included, did that. And I'd also posit that the main reason it hasn't happened since is because the system's just been bone dry. Let's not pretend that Sullivan's ignored some treasure trove of talent down there. In fact, that's true now. If you look at the roster that Kyle Dubas built, yeah, it was more than a standard AHL roster, but it was that way mostly because he got himself some AHL guys. It's not because they've stacked up draft picks or first-rounders or whoever. The Penguins' top two prospects in their entire system still aren't there. Talking, of course, about Braden Yeager and Owen Pickering. Joel Blomquist, the goaltender who'd be right behind them, I would think, just got there this year, so they haven't had a ton. The part that gets me, and it sounds like it gets you as well from the way you asked the question, this swings back to my opening segment again, If you have Valtteri Pustin in in the house and you're watching him play well and you're watching him do the things that you've challenged him to do and he's performing that way at both ends of the rink, what are you doing giving him nine minutes a game? What are you doing? How does that even make any sense, especially now? in light of your GM stating publicly that the main priority here for the Pittsburgh Penguins, whether it's now or two weeks from now or two years from now, is to get younger. That means they see it now. That certainly means that Dubas sees it now. If he sees it now, why is there not action being taken now? And why are we watching Jeff Carter over his past 10 games getting markedly more ice time than he had at any other point. And don't talk to me about face-offs and PK. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.